And when I looked closer, there was a, a Sasquatch face on the other side, and uh, it was looking right back in at us. Staring back at me is a silhouette of a very, very giant monkey. An intriguing discovery is being investigated in a community east of Seattle. Someone came across a lengthy trail of extremely large footprints. They are up there. Welcome, everyone. You've tuned into the Nicola Valley Bigfoot Podcast, a place where your encounters are told. To share your encounter and to be on the show, email me at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Pete. I live in Kamloops, British Columbia. And um, I have an interesting story to tell. Um, it goes a, a way back to 2004. Now, to give you a little bit of uh, background on myself, I've been doing a lot of wildlife photography and nature photography in general for about 20 years. So you know, I'm familiar with um, most of the creatures that are out there, and I've experienced a lot of uh, bears and grizzly bears and black bears and uh, things like that. So um, in the past, when I told my story, um, a lot of people told me, oh, it was just a bear. And But through my experience, you know, I've seen a lot of uh, different bear behavior and uh, what I saw back in 2004 was definitely not a black bear. So my location was the Akamina Parkway. And this is a beautiful scenic drive over in um, Southern Alberta in Waterton Lakes National Park. And a friend of mine who now writes for uh, Alberta Outdoorsmen, we're, we're down there and um, like our goal was to just uh, meet up um, somewhere between mid and the end of May and photograph uh, some of the wildlife that is uh, bountiful down there at that time. So I ended up uh, at Waterton Lakes probably about a day or two before uh, a friend of mine. So I just did a lot of driving around, exploring. And I'm not too sure if anyone's been out to Waterton Lakes um, in that early in the year, but um, the town is pretty dead. You know, there's kind of still in winter mode and the stores and restaurants are still shut down. And there's often a lot of uh, snow still you know, on the mountains and on the roadsides and whatnot. So it was early spring, good time to see bears. But um, what my point is, I was basically there. It felt like I was traveling the, the parkway totally alone. I was the only tourist or guy at that time, it seemed. So I ended up driving up back Camina Parkway. It leads to a beautiful glacier lake and I went up and down that road a couple of times that morning, I believe, and um, didn't really find anything to take a, a picture of, or stop and interest me at all. But um, earlier on, as the morning kept going, I did see a lot of snowshoe hair just on the 
the sides of the roads. And I believe they're attracted to the roadsides because, uh, you know, there's not much to eat that time of year. So anything that is growing is going to be in those open areas on the roadsides. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll have a chance to photograph some snowshoe hare. They look pretty in their, you know, their winter spring plumage, plumage where they're still, uh, you know, white and, and brown. So that was my goal. So I'm driving down Akamina Parkway. It's kind of drizzly. It's kind of foggy, you know. And um, I noticed some snowshoe hare on the left side of the road. So I slowed down thinking, oh, maybe I can take some pictures out of my window or whatever. And I didn't want to spook them. And then um, to my shock, what I saw to the right of my vehicle, standing in the ditch, the ditch was probably about two feet deep, um, was a black, tall creature. I'm guessing about oh, maybe eight feet tall, considering it was standing in the ditch. Um, as time has gone by, I realize now that that was Sasquatch or Bigfoot. At the time, I didn't know what I was looking at. I was in pure shock. So as I continued to slowly drive, um, the Bigfoot took one of his, his left arm and he moved away one of the branches on one of the trees that was on the roadside as if to get a better look at me. And I don't know why he was on the roadside thinking about it. Maybe he was hunting those snowshoe hares. You know, it's just a guess on my part, obviously. But it was almost like a oopsie on his part, like, oh no, like I've been, I've been caught. There's a human that sees me. So as quickly as that happened, it ended. It disappeared so fast that, uh, you know, I had, it only lasted just a few seconds. Um, yeah, it's still kind of shaking me up just replaying it through my head now and just talking about it. But uh, yeah, it was uh, quite interesting. And um, all I remember was a pure black figure. And the way that, like I mentioned, the way the arm moved was not like uh, anything a bear would do. Like sometimes you see bears feeding in the fall on berries and uh, those kind of manipulate the branches here and there it was nothing like that and of course you know like I said earlier there's nothing to, to eat that time of year for bears and this was a tall upright figure and um, black from head to toe if there was any lighter colors it would have been on his face which may have been a little brown perhaps around the eyes the cheeks but other than that pure black and uh, so as that happened, like I said, I was so stunned and could not believe what I had seen that I didn't know what to do. I didn't stop to take pictures, which is I know odd because I'm there to take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stop to consider going back looking for footprints. 
it was just an overwhelming feeling of trying to figure out in my mind what I was looking at and couldn't figure it out. So that's, a, you know, it, it's not a dramatic encounter like uh, some people do have those uh, more dramatic stories, but my encounter was very uh, life-changing for me. And like I said, it was in 2004. And still today, after all these years, I, I probably think about that at least once a week. No matter how busy my life is or what gets in the way, I often flash back to that day. And I'm convinced it was uh, Bigfoot. Uh, there was nothing else I can uh, imagine that what happened that day. So I went uh, to meet my friend. You know, this couple of days later, he ended up showing up. He lives in Edmonton and... Um, we joined up at camp and um, I didn't even tell him what had happened because I thought the story was crazy. I didn't want to tell one of my best friends that I saw this. And we just continued on for the week that we were there doing what we wanted to do was take pictures of, you know, the wildlife and nature. And I kind of held this story to myself. And uh few days later after that, I got home to Kamloops and it's like, I got to do some research. So doing some Bigfoot Sasquatch research and um, came across uh, a post on one of the Bigfoot groups. I can't remember if it was a website or a Facebook page or whatever, but um, someone made a report that they had had a sighting in the same road in Waterton in 2002 that would have been two years earlier and almost to the day so reading this i it really um confirmed in my mind that wow i saw something that someone else had seen in the exact same spot and they can't explain it or they're they're saying it's bigfoot so yeah and uh waterton yeah. is such an amazing place um there's so many different things that you could see there. And one example uh, on that trip was we saw a, a Rocky Mountain elk in May and his antlers were full grown and covered in velvet, which was so strange. It's almost like Waterton is a place to like be prepared for anything. And uh, Bigfoot is possibly uh, one of those things to be prepared for when you're out there. Yeah, that, that's a Truly that's a tall order. <laughs> it's very yeah. difficult to prepare your mind for for something like that. I mean, it, I, I understand the feeling of you know reading that report. The internet was very primitive back then, so it, it was probably a BFRO website or something that you came across. But right, I, I know when um, you know I had my own personal sighting. I've actually interviewed and talked to other people who've had sightings in the same area, and it offers some kind of validation to you. You know what I mean? Like, it makes me feel, okay, you know what? I'm not nuts. I'm not crazy. I, I, I saw what I Absolutely. saw. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's what's uh, driven me to, you know, seek out people like yourself, Sheldon, because I want, you know, most of the people I talk to in everyday life, um, 
they don't understand the story. So it's great to connect with other people who have seen something out there that's highly unusual, supposedly is, is not supposed to exist. And with, oh, I don't know how many sightings there would be in that area or in BC, but I'm, I'm guessing probably thousands. Yeah. You, you would know. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll, when we're done recording here, uh, Peter, I'll, I'll send you a link to a map a friend of mine does, uh, and it, show, it it basically highlights, you know, reported sightings. And remember, these are just reported sightings that, that have gone on in Canada. So keep that in mind when I send it to you. But there's tons and tons of unreported sightings that, that just don't kind of make it, you know, you'll pass yeah. to, you know, family dinner tables type of thing. But um, Absolutely sounds good. I'd love to check that out. Yeah. Well, I want to ask, let's take a step back here. Sure. Did you know about anything about Sasquatch before this happened, or did you have any kind of idea of what you know they were or who they are, that that type of thing? Was there? Would it, was it? Did it ever cross your mind at any point in your lifetime? Um, my history, like growing up as a child, and like our parents, you know, talked about Bigfoot, but it was always uh, in a fun way. It was always like it's a legend or, or a story uh, that people have made up years ago and it's not true. So maybe the parents were protecting me. They didn't want to scare me perhaps, but it was always a fun thing for us. Similar to, uh, we used to go out to Okanagan Lake and um, my dad would be fascinated with Ogopogo and, and things like that. So he kind of was a little bit into it. Maybe he passed that down to me a little, but um, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't very serious about it until that day. And uh, yeah, definitely life, life changing for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned that, um, you know, you met up with your friend the next day uh, and you decided to keep this to yourself, but how long did it take you before you decided, you know what, I'm going to start sharing this encounter that I had. Well, I, I, I uh, had enough guts to actually phone into a radio show anonymously about two, three months later. They just happened to be talking about Bigfoot and asking people in the Kamloops area if they believed. So, you know, a lot of people were phoning in, making jokes and stuff. And I, you know, phoned in anonymously and told my story then, but I didn't actually tell anyone who I was until you know I think you might be the the third person who actually knows my name (laughs) and where I live you know aside from some close friends and family of course yeah yeah I just I get got tired of the blank stares you know it's like there's no reason to tell my story unless I tell it to people who have had similar experiences I think that's most important to me now yeah absolutely you're gonna to have to come to the next uh nick lavalley bigfoot conference when when i host oh it. i'm so sad that i missed uh the first one sheldon it's like uh, i didn't expect the tickets to sell so fast <laughs> that makes two so of us <laughs> it's kind of like okay next payday i'll buy tickets and we'll go and um it just didn't happen i missed out and uh but uh me and my fiance are already planning to to go next year. So <laughs> well, I'm going to put your name on the list for sure, for sure. That's awesome. 
when did you start? Well, I know you mentioned that you, you, you spoke to a radio show, but when did you actually kind of start, you know, telling close people close to you about this or, or, or did you? Um, uh, maybe the odd person I would tell, but it took, uh, it took a few years to be honest. It took a few years and now like if someone wants to know I'm I I'm free to talk about it now. But it took several years to actually uh, tell the entire story for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's almost kind of like, you know, when people uh see a ghost or maybe have a paranormal experience, uh they're not always quick to tell the whole world the next day. But, you know, if it comes up in a certain crowd or certain circles, then you're more likely to share your story. And I think it's a good thing to talk about, for sure. Absolutely. I agree. 100%. Um, go back to that day for me, if you if you don't mind. And I want to know, you know, you have this encounter. You, you're kind of, you, your brain is trying to make sense of what this thing was, you know, exactly what it is. Was it a bear? Was it, you know, mm-hmm. my mind playing tricks on me? Because those are two very common you know, rationales that people use when, when they have run-ins with these beings. But, you know, right. for the rest of the day, you know, what, what's going through your mind? Like, could, could you sleep that night? Could, could you relax? Could you, like, what happened? Well, what happened af- immediately after, it's like you said, I started questioning my own brain, my own eyes. Like, did I really see what I saw? And to me, the answer came quickly because it was so clear. It wasn't like a, a blur. It was like, it was only lasted a few seconds, but I could see the detail and the height of the creature. And, you know, the, the arm, the way the arm moved, like all that was so clear to me. It's like, I cannot imagine me uh, imagining such a scene at uh, at Waterton Lakes where, you know, I'm relaxed and enjoying myself, you know, not under any influences or, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, definitely something I did not question what I saw, but I, you know, sometimes you have friends you tag along with and you know their beliefs on certain things, so you don't sometimes bring it up yeah 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 did did you ever go back to this area i've been wanting to go back ever since i want to go back and make a video of where i probably could find the exact spot still to this day uh, unless they rearrange the road but uh i've done some research and i definitely want to go back i want to make a little recording a little video and tell my story in the exact spot, you know, go up in that, stand in that ditch and show people how tall it was, but they just haven't had the opportunity yet. It's a, it's a good 10, 12 hour drive from, from my house here in Kamloops. So I usually spend most of my time in Jasper or just around here in Kamloops these days uh, doing photography. Yeah. So. But it's on my list of things to do, and um, perhaps soon I will. And it would be nice to go up with a couple of uh, uh, Bigfoot believers. That would be really cool. Yeah. Maybe do a little, uh, you know, a camp trip out there or something. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really want to kind of relive that moment, and I guarantee oh. you, when you when you step foot back in that in that area, it'll it'll all come rushing back to you. Because I, I, at least I know that was the truth for me. So I understand. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it would be so neat to relive that moment. And um, I I've listened to a lot of uh, stories about people having uh, multiple. Uh, sightings or encounters and those people are so lucky and fortunate because you know I've been waiting since 2004 I don't think Kamloops is a hot spot for Bigfoot but uh, just up the way on the Coquihalla Highway there apparently was a, a sighting of what someone called a mother Bigfoot and a, a young young one mm. Yeah, not too far yeah. from up the road from Kamloops, but uh, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, of unre- unrecorded sightings that people just don't want to talk about it. And, and British Columbia is very, very, um, uh, let's say, very bad for that. I mean, a lot of people have encounters with these beings and they just don't want to talk about it. They don't want that stigma attached to them. They, you know, they don't want that, that cloud kind of floating over their head for, for talking yeah. about it. So there's a lot, many, many... Um, sightings that just kind of go undocumented and it's kind of a shame but you know i'm doing my part to try to bring those out and so are you yeah, for that matter definitely is a shame and you know if at least one person if my story can bring out one other person to tell their story and it's good to get it off your chest don't be afraid and you know your podcast would be the perfect spot to tell another story yeah well, I, I try. I, I think I'm doing my part very well, but uh, you know, there's always there's always uh, ways to improve. But um, Peter, you mentioned earlier, you know, about doing a little bit of research in the area. Did you kind of go down a rabbit hole when it came to Sasquatch? I mean, did you start looking things up and and watching videos and and reading um, books or anything like that? I did. I I you know I've been given and bought a few you know books, uh, everyday kind of books on Bigfoot, and. Um, you know, watched all the uh, documentaries and and that on on Netflix and all the free apps and things like that. And some of them are really, really good. And some of them are like, that's not what I experienced at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which leads to me to, to believe that, um, I can't remember which documentary I watched, but someone mentioned that not all Bigfoot are the same. They're much more like us humans, where we all have our individual appearances and our behaviors and what what makes us get upset and what doesn't upset us. And I think Bigfoot are very similar to that because the the encounter I had was not a scary one. It was almost like the Bigfoot I saw was like I said earlier, a little bit like, oopsie, I didn't want to be seen, but I was seen and now I'm taken off. <laughs> and then there are other accounts where um, uh, Bigfoot is trying to get into their car, into their tent. And so I for sure believe they're definitely all individuals and think differently. Yeah, I agree. Depending on where they live, perhaps. Yeah, I, I believe that to be the, the case as well. I mean, it, it's you can't put everybody into the same, you know, the same 
category when it comes to humans. And I, I do agree with you. I think that Sasquatch have to be categorized, you know, as individuals because they are. They are. They absolutely are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter, yeah. let me ask you this other question here. Sure. And, and you can answer it however you want. It really, there's no real wrong answer to it. But, you know, um, do you think that these, these beings, the Sasquatch, do you think they'll ever be recognized by the, you know, mainstream scientific community or, 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 you know, by society in general? Do you think that'll happen in our lifetime? Oh, in our lifetime, I'm not sure about that. Because time goes so quickly and sometimes nothing changes. And, um, but other times things happen quickly. So I think it would be, uh, if, if somebody out there knows the truth, like government or something, um, they should let us know that, um, there is another species out there that we need to be aware of. And, um, for like I've been a wildlife and nature photographer doing it on and off since the early 90s into the 2000s and I've never seen a cougar in the wild yet I know that they're out there all over the place and they're probably 15 minutes from where I live here in Kamloops but I've never seen one I've never taken a picture of one so when I think of Bigfoot I think of that as well here's a species that's out there that's a lot of people have seen, but I haven't seen that yet in, in over 20 years. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's fair. I think it's a matter of time before um, maybe we will find a body, a Bigfoot body, or a more solid evidence other than just tracks. I yeah. think that might be the first step. Yeah. And there are other studies going on, you know, you know, DNA and, and infrared drones and, and such. Everybody really wants to prove the existence of these creatures, but it's very, very difficult, obviously. So, you know, it's going to take some time and some effort on, on people's part to, to try to get this out there. You know, whether or not the government knows about these things, I believe that they do, but that's a whole other can of worms. That <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it really yeah, sounds like, you know, that this uh, experience kind of changed you. Is that, is that fair to say? And if so, how so? It uh, has definitely changed me. It's opened my mind up to a lot of different things that uh, are possible in this world. Like, you know, even the paranormal stuff. I don't believe I've ever seen a ghost or anything like that, but I'm intrigued by that now like the bigfoot sighting has led me to explore all those other things now and uh more learning about more cryptids and things like that um yeah having an open mind is is huge and that's definitely what uh, my sighting has done for me and to and to always be prepared when you're out in in nature because you never know what you're going to see <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you know, yeah. it's funny, you were, you were out, you know, taking pictures of wildlife, and you must have had a camera nearby. It yeah. Just, I, it, and the thought probably never so, even crossed your mind to, to grab it and try to get a picture. I know, that's what makes my story sound a little odd, I'm sure, from people that are listening. Oh, no. Because on the passenger seat of my car, I had probably, at that time, it was $15,000 worth of equipment ready to go. 
at any time. All the settings were set up to see a bear or anything. But when I saw that creature, I didn't even think about getting a photograph. It was just so stunning and unbelievable. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a that's a common reaction. Um, I'll, I'll give you a quick quick story. I, I me and my my friend, we were out actually looking for evidence for Sasquatch, and we were trying to do a semi quasi radio show back then. This was a few years back. And uh, we actually had voice recorders, and I had one in my hand. And we had a, a little bit of an encounter with one of these creatures. And um, needless to say, I, I didn't even think about pushing the record button to get audio of this thing roaring at me. And it was just, for whatever reason, it never crossed my mind. I was just kind of too, too distracted, I guess would be a word to use, to, to even right. think about it. So it's... It's a common thing. A lot of yeah. people, especially oh, nowadays, my. everybody has a phone that has a high-quality camera on it, and nobody really has the sense of mind to, to break it out and try to get a video or, or a photo. And That's it, so it's true, a, and I yeah. so understand that. I think the just uh, Bigfoot just overwhelms you with his or her presence, and that's not your main thing, and, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If, if Bigfoot was seen, you know, every weekend, then I could see someone, there he is, you know, get the camera ready. But that's not the case. Yeah. I, I think the human brain just kind of goes into um, some kind of survival mode. And, it, it, you know, it's just trying to make sense of what your, you know, what your eyes are, the information that your eyes are bringing into your brain. And mm -hmm. your brain then in turn tries to figure out, well, what should we do now? You know, you know what I mean? And I think that's why everything else kind of gets left behind in terms of, you know, reaction and, and motions. Just because, you, yeah. you know, your, your brain really, really takes over at that point and wants to figure out what the heck to do. And, and you just, we can't figure, you, you can't get past that. Yeah, absolutely, Sheldon. I agree. It's almost like uh, there's a switch to go into survival mode or something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, grabbing that camera or or video camera or whatever is not priority and and why I didn't go back it's still I still kicking myself why I didn't stop the car go back try to look for tracks or something or maybe one of the branches was broken when he moved it out of the way to look at me and all those things I just do not have answers for and wish I did but I think that's a common occurrence with a lot of people who have these sightings. Is we often get uh, ridiculed for, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And I would have went back for tracks or I would have slammed the brakes on and ran after it. But it's just, that just does not happen. Yeah. Like, like you were saying. <laughs> yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. work like that. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those shoulda, coulda, woulda type scenarios. And, you know, it's, it's easy for skeptics or, or people who just you know don't believe that that's the first thing you should do and your reaction is is you know based on that and that's just not the case so yeah don't don't let the, that type of uh sentiment kind of get you down because it's just it's just it's it's nonsense but um okay. peter i want to say thank you so much for taking the time today to come on the show I, I sincerely appreciate your 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 story so thank you so much yeah thank you sheldon too and um i'm definitely going to see you in merit next spring 
And um, I want to share this story with some other people, get to know some other Bigfoot experiencers. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a fun time down there and meeting you. And I'm going to be tuning into your podcast from now on. I, to be honest, I didn't know it existed. So consider me a a big fan (laughs) right now already. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, And uh, for the listeners, if you guys just want to hang around, we're going to close out the show. Stay there. And we're back, everyone. We are back to pull a pin on this one, but of course we can't do that until we give our guests a huge thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. Uh, Pete, thank you so much, buddy. I, I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to share with us this experience. You know, I, I understand, you know, the, 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 the frozen reaction that you had and, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things, you know, skeptics and, and non-believers can use that as, as ammunition all they want, but until they experience, you know, that, that, that mind freeze, I guess is a good way to, to phrase it. That happens when you have an encounter with one of these beautiful beings that, you know, you just, you're not thinking of anything else. You're focused on what you're looking at. And, you know, that's a lot to take in. So I understand, buddy. I really do. And thank you for sharing. Um, you know, since you're only a stone's throw away over there in Kamloops, you're definitely going to have to make it to the next uh, conference. And uh, I'd love to talk to you in person. Uh, so, Pete, thanks again. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, well, speaking of conference. Uh, the ball has already been rolling on the planning stages of the next one, the second annual Nicola Valley Bigfoot Conference. It's got a ring to it, eh? <laughs> but yeah, I don't have any guest speakers lined up yet or, or anything like that. All I can give you right now is a date, which is June 1st of 2024. And of course, that's going to be held here in the Nicola Valley. We're going to actually do it in the town this time because uh, it, it created a lot of confusion being out, out in the in the well, outskirts of town, I guess I could say. Uh, but um, there's going to be more info to come. You know, I'm, I'm reaching out to people to, to come and be speakers, um, you know, be presenters and, and whatnot. So I'll keep you guys informed. But um, what I want from you right now is I want you to email me at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. And I want you to tell me what you want. You know, I, I do this podcast based on, you know, my guests being the um, quote unquote, the star of the show. Um, you know, I, I just want to take myself out of it, but I'd like to do the conference in the same fashion. You know, this is all about you guys. This has nothing really to do with me other than me being the, the conduit for, for the uh, information. And, you know, I, I'd like for this conference to be, have more listeners involved. So what do you guys think we should do? Obviously we're going to have some speakers come and present, you know, their evidence and their respected fields of Sasquatch. But what else would you like to see? You know, do you want to have some uh, more vendors? What types of vendors? You know, I'm thinking maybe we can have some some people that had close encounters with these beings come up and maybe share their experiences. Definitely going to do a question and answer period on the next one. Uh, should we make it one day? Should we make it two days? Um, you know what? You write in and tell me what you think. Bigfoot at gmail.com. And uh, while you're there, if you've had an encounter, you can also drop me a line and tell me about that too at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, that was a smooth segue. <laughs> but 
but that's n-i-c-o-l-a nicola valley bigfoot at gmail.com i really do want to hear from you uh either with your experience or your idea for the next conference uh let me know uh let's talk but i think that's about going to do it for this week guys thank you so much for listening I, i don't think i say that enough but thank you guys for tuning in you know this show wouldn't be really anything without your without your support so thank you and uh until next week i will talk to you all later bye